What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Valenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music products space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Swim Masters. It's your host, Natalie Morrison, and it's our last episode for 2020. I don't know if I'm sad or excited. I'm sad that it's the last episode of 2020, but I'm excited that we're almost done with 2020. Anyway. <laughs> I just want to thank every single one of you who have tuned in for the past six-ish months to the podcast when we started this um, back, when we launched back in July, but we started planning this podcast back in March. I didn't know what this would turn into and what this would look like, and I'm honestly just so humbled and grateful for being able to do such an incredible podcast and talk to all of these really inspiring, wonderful women and share their stories to others in this industry. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to see what 2021 is going to bring. And I really hope that you tune in for that. So yeah, today is our last episode of the year. We will be back in January in 2021 for season two. And speaking of wrapping things up for the year, we got our own Spotify wrapped storyline and we have the podcast streaming on various platforms, but Spotify um, was able to pull in six countries worth of people who have listened to the, uh, to the podcast over the past several months. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. I don't know how many times I can say thank you, but it means so much to us that we are reaching people from all over the world. And I, I just, I never in a million years thought that I would be saying that. So shout out to you guys for listening to this every other week. And, um, from all of us, at SWIM, we are eternally grateful. So with that being said, our season finale guest 
is the CEO and president of Gator Cases and the third founder of Smart Women in Music, Miss Crystal Morris. Yay! <laughs> we talk about all things career, how she got herself into the music industry, the work that she's done with her father, how Gator Cases came to be, and all the things that SWIM has accomplished in 2020 and what you guys can look forward to in 2021. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues, share it with anyone and everyone <laughs> that you think would want to listen to it. We would really appreciate it as always. And from all of us at SWIM, we wish you a very safe and happy holiday season and a happy healthy, and safe new year. Can you believe it? I still can't believe it. <laughs> 2020 is almost over. We literally did it, guys. And I hope that we can just wrap 2020 up with the bow and push it um, and move it, up, move it away, move it on. 2021, new year, new opportunities, new possibilities. So with that being said, I'm going to stop mumbling Thank you so much again for everything. And again, happy holidays, happy new year, and we will see you in 2021. So without further ado, for the last time of 2020, let's dive in. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for joining Swim Masters. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and, and, and love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. So I would love to start by talking about your experience in the music industry. Similarly, similarly to myself, you have grown up in the music industry and you've also learned a lot from your father due to his involvement in the industry. So could you tell me what that was like for you growing up? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, my dad was in the music product industry all my life. And um, so growing up, I was just really privileged to be around it. He's kind of a serial entrepreneur personality. And um, so he was always working, always bringing stuff home. Um, I get to go to the office and, you know, see what was going on and see, I don't know, I remember like new technology. And um, so it was, you know, it was really, I guess, I didn't realize at the time how what an honor and privilege it was to be around it, but um, but I just you know got to get the vibe, the feel, um, see kind of the relationships that were built. Just that you know not only it seems like so many cases that we work together, but there's just so many deep bonds that are formed within this industry and friendships. Um, so so I think it set just a really nice background for me in in what what this industry was about. Yeah, definitely. Did you always know that you wanted to be involved in the industry and follow your father's footsteps? Or were you just kind of one day just like, all right, I'm going to do this? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so I guess the, you know, the short answer was no, I, I did not always know that I didn't, you know, grow up in a situation where it was like, oh, it's a you know, multi-generational company I was going to walk into. Um, I, I guess, you know, in high school age, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I was super into doing like team court and, um, and, you know, I always liked business. So decided to get an undergraduate 
business degree. And I guess kind of the road that ended up taking me to the music industry was I went to college and got an undergraduate, you know, with, with, in business, but my dad and, you know, his honestly wisdom now looking back was like, okay, great. You now, you know, learned all these things from a book. Now you need to go learn real life. And so he, he helped me have what he felt was like a real life MBA. And so I spent, I think it was close to two years, maybe like 18 months or so, um, kind of doing all these random internships he helped me get, um, doing some traveling with him, doing, so just taking some different classes. And, um, and during that period of time, obviously where he could help me get these experiences were mostly in the, in the music industry and like really unique, cool things, everything from like a freight forwarder to working in a distributor in Argentina. You know, I really kind of fell in love and got attached to what I was doing and, you know, and, and, and really saw, um, what a, what a great industry it was and, and the opportunities. And so, um, so kind of following that, I started working with him. He had somewhat like a, a rep business, but really focused um, mostly on the international markets. And so I worked with him um, in, in Miami doing marketing. And so, um, so that was kind of my first real job in the music industry, other than attending lots of NAMM shows growing up. And I think my role was always kind of the receptionist. I, I just remember like running back and being like, okay, your next appointment here, your next appointment is here. So, so that was kind of my, my first, you know, real foray and into working. That's so interesting because as we're talking, I, I see a lot of my own experiences when I was in college with my father and it's very similar. Like I remember my sophomore year of college, he was like, here's an opportunity. You can come with me to the NAMM show and um, you can intern with the show and see how you do it. And he would describe to people that he was like, I'm throwing her in the pond. And if she swims, great. If she doesn't, well, then we'll revisit that when that happens. <laughs> it's just really interesting, though, like to see and hear from someone who had that similar experience as well. Yeah, you know what I love that you said, Natalie, and it's like one of the things that I, I often talk to people about that are, you know, doing family businesses is that one of the one of the best things my dad did for me was that kind of, you know, throw throw you in the pond. Um, he really let me make decisions and own them versus always telling yeah. me what to do. And, you know, sometimes obviously they weren't right or, or um, we, you know, I had to, I had to, maybe the way I went about it the first time was, wasn't maybe the easiest way, but, but giving me the opportunity to make the decisions to not always tell me exactly what to do or, and to go learn on my own, I think ultimately, you know, has given me so much confidence later. Oh yeah. I totally agree with you. So what experiences did you have growing up that helped shape you to where you are now? I mean, I guess so like growing up and I think if I, you know, a couple of things and, and, you know, obviously this is, this is a swim podcast. So talking a little bit about women and leadership, I think one of the, the, the best things that my parents did for me is I never felt like I was, that there was anything I couldn't do because I was a female. Um, and so I, I think as far as like, you know, feeling confident, feeling like I have a voice at the table um, from an early age, I think I always felt that way because they never told me I did, you know, and we're very fortunate that they exposed me to a lot of things and, and gave me the opportunity to experience 
maybe some things that aren't really thought of as like girl things to do. Um, but, but learning those things has, um, I think really, really helped me feel like, you know, I wasn't different or that because I was a woman, I couldn't accomplish something. Like when I look back in terms of growing up and being pivotal was I played very competitive tennis. I think that that piece of playing a competitive sport and maybe in particular one that you do singularity. So like you're not, you know, not a team sport is you learn pretty quickly. You can work really hard and practice and most likely at some point you're going to lose. <laughs> um, you know, you don't lose, you don't win every tournament for sure. And you got to kind of, you know, scrape yourself up and shake it off and, and go back and work hard again. Um, and I, I think that that experience really helped me get a strong sense of work ethic and, you know, the ability to, to take um, failure and look at it as a, a learning experience and willing to go back at it again. I love that. I, I think that's a really great way to describe just to describe it and having those other experiences kind of help shape you that you don't think at the time would, will be so instrumental in that. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's interesting. I, you know, I personally have two boys and, and I'm looking at where they are in their kind of life journey. And I'm wondering, you know, the things that they're doing right now that are challenging, I'm hoping they're the things that they look back on are like, Hey, that's where I got strong. That's where I got confidence. Yeah, definitely. So in 2000, you and your father created Gator Cases. Can you talk about the original vision behind the company and how that's transformed to where it is today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so, so that year I had moved to Tampa, which for those of you who are geographically uh, in tune with Florida from Miami, that's about four and a half, five hour drive. And so I'd moved to Tampa, decided to go back and work on my MBA. And so, um, so I was in business school and, um, we, we saw this opportunity, a couple of things had changed with what my dad was doing in terms of, of repping, um, kind of a, a similar company. And so we were like, Hey, why don't we do this? We could do a case company. And so literally they, my parents were visiting in Tampa. We were sitting around the kitchen table and we're like, Hey, let's just do this. And I was in this accounting class at the time and we were studying, a variable cost model. And so I was like, you know what? We can do this variable cost model. We can outsource everything. So warehousing and um, product design and 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 uh, marketing. And, you know, we found people to partner with without bringing on a big staff. And, um, and literally it was like out of my guest bedroom for that whole first time. And I was kind of doing everything from entering orders to, you know, setting up the accounting system and the GL structure and marketing. And then my dad was doing sales and, um, and product development. So, um, so that was kind of the, the beginning. And um, that was like, we, when we first launched it, I think it was like, I don't know, end of May, early June. And um, we obviously saw the summer NAM show coming up. So that was our big target launch. And we showed up to that 2000 summer NAM in Nashville with literally five plastic cases. Looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, that was probably, uh, you know, people really look at us like, are you guys crazy? What are you going to do? So, um, but I think, you know, at the time, I personally didn't know any better. I thought we were off and running. And, um, and so that was, that was the, the start of, of Gator. That's incredible. And I love hearing about just those, like a family business starting a company literally from your bedroom. It just makes you it just kind of shows that you can do 
anything that you set your mind to. And if that means that if you want to start a business in your house, like you absolutely can do that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, I think maybe looking back a little of it was, um, you know, we were just really determined and we just kind of set our, our goals. We saw an opportunity um, and, you know, a part of a way that this product category, we thought we could do it differently. And we just we just kept working at it. And and I think we didn't, you know, at least one of the things I feel like I've learned is, you know, we didn't really stop to to worry of, you know, look back at, oh, wow, there was a hurdle and we had a hard time getting over it. We just jumped over it, plowed through it. Or, you know, if sometimes it, it really gave us, um, you know, it was hard and we, we had some failures, we just, we just didn't focus on those. We focused on how we could learn from those and move forward. Yeah, definitely. And that's also something that I think has been really valuable as I've spoken to a bunch of the incredible women in our industry is that a lot of them have taken these risks or they've seen these opportunities and they've capitalized on those. And it's really kind of pushed them to where they are today. And it's, it's just a testament to see it again, that, um, yes, it can be a risk, but if you just believe in yourself and you, you're confident in what you can do that you can accomplish so much. Yeah, no, I, you know, I guess, I think it's, you know, about being willing to take those risks, uh, you know, the risks maybe financially, but also just personally, like putting yourself out there, being able to accept if, you know, you have some failures, but you're going to just work your, you're going to work hard and overcome them. You're going to figure out ways around them. Um, You're going to find great mentors and and support. And I think that's one of the things that, um, one of the great things that we're doing with SWIM is hopefully other women out there that want to start businesses, they can lean on each other, lean on us um, to find that support while you're, while you're following a dream. And I think just, you know, taking every day and tackling it and and you can quickly turn a a bedroom business into, into, into a big business. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as a woman leader in the industry, what is something that you've learned throughout your tenure that you try to live by each day? Yeah. I mean, I think just in general, talking about, you know, what, whatever gender, I think to me in leadership, number one thing you can do is just follow like a mantra of do the right thing. If you, you know, sometimes doing the right thing might put, make you uncomfortable or be the harder route or be costly, but for sure, you're going to feel like you did, you gave it your all. Um, you can go and sleep well at night. And, and, you know, I think that that really garters just a lot of respect from, you know, from your peers and, and colleagues. So I think number one thing, just take the high road, take the high road, do the right thing. And then I guess the other thing in terms of, in particular with women in leadership is I, I really think that we need to be all helping each other um, and, and really helping each other selflessly. It's not about helping someone in business um, or, you know, personally, whatever to, to get something back. It's about, Hey, I'm going to just, you need help. I'm here. I'm going to, you know, weigh in and, and do what I can to, to help you be successful. And I think doing that selflessly, it always in the end comes back and, and, you know, is returned in spades or, or goes around somehow. But I think that taking that philosophy and, you know, we're all in different points in of our journey. You know, I mean, there's people out there that I could mentor and there's people that would mentor me at, at, at all 
at all times in our journey. And so I think, you know, us all leaning in and doing that can, can really make a huge difference and, and really, you know, create a great group of women leaders in our industry. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's kind of what I love about our industry in general is because the music products industry in itself is such a niche, smaller industry compared to, I don't know, some some other industry. But um, we have these opportunities where once or twice a year we can all get together and be in person when there's not a global pandemic happening, but um, really learn and grow and make those lifelong connections as if it's like one big family. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's one of the really unique things about the music product industry. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. So many people I talk to that come from other industries and I mean, having some experiences outside the industry, make you appreciate what, what a wonderful kind of network and relationship industry it really is. Yeah. A hundred percent. So let's talk about SWIM. Um, you, alongside the wonderful Robin and DD, were instrumental in getting this organization off the ground. What inspired you to want to get involved with um, with SWIM? Yeah, I mean, I guess I had just for so many years been looking around and there's so few women leaders in our industry. Um, I mean, quite frankly, you know, across all industries, that's the case, but the music product industry is even well behind that. And and so I just had really taken note to that um, over the years. And then I got, I was actually on vacation and I saw a phone call, phone call, um, call come in from Robin Walenta. And of course I would take it. Um, and I was literally <laughs> standing at an airport and she's like, Hey, we're working on this thing. And we really, you know, I think you would be great to, to co-chair this with us. And, and um, I was like, you got it. I'm in, let's do it. I love that. And I love just the story of how SWIM came to be what it is from like an idea that happened around a pool conversation at NASMD. Yeah, I know. That's what I think uh, they started at a pool and then I was uh, near a beach and they gave me a call and I was like, let's, I'm in, let's figure out what we can do. So, so your work with SWIM has a focus on the mentorship aspect of the mission um, I'd love for you to talk about why you believe mentorship is so important. Yeah, so I think kind of the pillar that I've been really focused on is is kind of a hybrid of mentorship and just education. And, you know, I, I think both of those are, are, are topics um, that I'm really passionate about. I, I firmly believe that building relationships and, and us all working together just absolutely makes everyone get further. And, you know, I personally, you know, feel like one of the strongest things I have is, is the network of relationships I have that no matter what's going on, I can pick up the phone and I have someone that, you know, you know, cares about my best interest and is going to give me advice or, or input. And so I really wanted to create that for every woman in our industry so that they could have that same network and, make it happen as fast as possible for them versus over a lot of years. And, and as we talked about at the very beginning, you know, having, I had, you know, multi-generational, you know, relationships because my dad was in the industry. So how, how do we make that so that everyone can have that, that team of, of support out there? So really focused on that. And then the other piece is just continuous education. 
I mean, I personally am always undertaking some some new educational journey, and I'm and you know, you there's just always so much to learn and new ways to look at things and and things that you can take back to your company, um, and, and you know, hopefully make a lot of change. So we really are, are help wanting to make sure that SWIM is helping to bring that education and those new ideas so that the women that are involved with SWIM are going back to their companies and, and bringing really valuable ways to help them you know, grow and be successful. I love that. It's so important and it's much needed too. And what I also love with what you said about mentorship is the idea that it can be multi-generational. You're a mentor and you can be mentored by someone. I have mentors, but I've also been in situations where I'm mentoring the younger generation who might be like in college trying to figure out their next step or what they want to do. So you can be a mentor at any stage of your career. And I think that's really important for people to know as well is no matter how old you are or where you are within your own career journey, that there's always someone trying to learn and grow just as much as you are. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, there's, I think we're all on this, you know, on this journey and we're somewhere, we're somewhere in it at all times. And, you know, you can both help people and be the, you know, the receiver of, of someone giving you great mentor mentorship. So, so through SWIM, we're just really trying to bring that full circle and, and bring people, you know, in particular women together to, to be able to, to use this great vehicle of mentoring and relationships to help everybody grow. Yeah, definitely. So right before the pandemic kind of shut everything down, um, SWIM hosted its first leadership summit with Dr. Jennifer Hall and at the NAM headquarters. Um, and I would love for you to talk about the work that the summer scholars kind of did with uh, Dr. Jennifer Hall and also what they're doing together now and how that relationship has kind of grown, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, so I'm not sure, I think maybe in one of the prior um prior podcasts with with Robin or Didi, they probably talked about we we got together and we came, you know, we okay, we have this great idea of swim. What's it gonna be? And one of the things is we really were talking about how do we help women at all different stages of their career journey advance? And so we really decided on doing a summit and the, with the idea of let's find mostly women that are like a midpoint of their career and help them get to that next level of, of leadership positions. And so we dreamed up this summit um, at the Nash, at the NAM headquarters. And so it was three days. And I mean, it was honestly, I think just uh, amazing experience of um, I think it was 16 women coming together. Robin Didi and I were there um, and led by, by Dr. Hall. And it was just everything from, really building those relationships, but really being self-reflective and leadership skills, styles, strengths, weaknesses, um, what we, you know, what everyone needs to do to be a better communicator, a better leader. And I think it was an amazing couple of days. Um, but, you know, like everything, like, I mean, there's so many times we go to something like that and we come out of it so jazzed and everybody was there 
feels like best friends and that they just have this amazing network, but how do we keep that up? And, um, and, you know, for us as with swim, it's like, we want to make sure that all that magic we created, you know, keeps, keeps going and, and, and grows. And so now we're working with Dr. Hall of taking everyone who attended the summit and we've actually put them into what we're calling coaching groups. And so monthly, um, Dr. Hall is leading these coaching groups. And I, I think we settled on, there's are two or three hours long once a month. And, um, and they're bringing, you know, the same group of women together and really continuing that journey of working on, on skills and, and building those, those really trusted relationships. That's so exciting to hear that all of the women that attended the summit are getting this opportunity to really grow and take what they learned from the summit back in March and expand on that with each other. It's just really inspiring to know that SWIM is so instrumental in making that happen and just continue to bridge those connections even further. So with that, what else is SWIM currently working on or what can we look forward to um, SWIM doing early in 2021? Yeah, thank you so much for asking about that. So I guess, first of all, um, one of the other things we're doing right now that I'm extremely excited about is we had people, you know, come to the summit and graduate from the summit. And we also had a, a group of women that we call our swim scholars that are more designed for for women earlier in their career, um, who'd never been to a NAM show. And we brought them to last winter and summer NAM shows. And at the NAM show, we, you know, really gave them, I think, a great mentorship and um, opportunity to shadow and just meet a lot of people. But we also wanted to make sure that we stayed with them through their journey and to continue. And so we've also are using Dr. Hall to run a coaching group for, for them. And one of the really cool things is that some of these women don't know each other. And so now we've put them together into a group and they're getting to know each other, building a great network and continuing their, their educational leadership journey. Um, and then um, some other things we're working on. We, we are going to have a great speaker at the Believe in Music Week, really talking about, you know, women and, and, and managing through this pandemic time. Um, and we're already excited planning the summit for next year. Um, fairly soon, we're going to be opening up the application process. And we are really hoping to do it in person at the NAM headquarters. Um, I think our first dates are May, and then we also have some backup dates later in the year because we just, you know, thought that it was just a magical experience, and we we definitely want to deliver it again for next year and all the years to come. So yeah, so that's some of the stuff that we have also in the works. That's so exciting, and I can't wait to see how everything's going to play out, and everyone just stay tuned um, for when the applications come out for the next summit, because um, that's definitely an opportunity you're going to want to jump on. Yes. Yes. We are looking for a amazing group of women and I can't wait to meet, meet, meet who they are. So please, uh, we will definitely be pushing it out and, and letting everybody know when that application process launches. Amazing. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time to, chat with me and tell your story and talk about all things swim. Um, I'm very grateful for your participation. Well, thank you. And I am, I'm extremely grateful for you putting this together. Um, it's really enjoyed this time together and, and just really appreciate how 
together we're all working to really, really advance the initiatives of SWIM and just overall the success of, of the music industry. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you'd share and leave us a review. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.